everybody. Happy Vernal Equinox, and welcome to episode 11 of Radio Podcast. With Easter upon us, we realized that we didn't have a proper Fat Tuesday meal, traditionally served with pancakes. So, while I've started to get the podcast together, Diana's been working on the post-podcast fair. Uh, what? Yeah, that's what we're doing. You are such a sticky mess. Well, we want to thank you all for sticking with us through such a Trump-heavy episode last fortnight. We just needed to get all of that crap off of our chests. And now we can entertain you with more enjoyable topics. That said, let's jump right into things. I am Diana the Aore, not the EA store, Rob. Oh, man. And I am Robert the Tor, as in hill, hamp, or ton. The relevance? Absolutely not. Just like this entire <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Bugle tradition, 2016. <laughs> Top Stories, Flint, Michigan Update. Amid the ongoing water crisis in Flint, a new revelation has come to light. I'm taking some of this information from the commondreams.org website. Back in December of 2015, there was a break-in at City Hall. It was so well-timed, targeted, and clumsily disguised that the police chief, Tim Johnson, made the following statement with simulated accent. It were definitely an inside job. Power cords at TV wasn't even taken. Average drug newser knows that you need to take power cords to be able to pawn it. It was somebody that had knowledge of those documents that really wanted to keep them out of the right hands. Out of the hands of someone who was going to tell real story of what's going on with Flint water. The burglary was only discovered on December 28th when employees returned from the festive break. Tellingly, not only did the burglar take only the TV without the power cord, but they also failed to pilfer anything else from any other room in the building. This does lead to the very strong suspicion that the burglary as such was seemingly concocted, organized, and possibly executed by those with a strong vested interest in keeping further details of this crisis from emerging. And um, uh, apologies to... Um, Tim Johnson and to whatever accent it was that I did do somewhere in north of England and to those in Flint, North Wales, because my Welsh accent is even worse. I think one thing that we failed to say uh, in in the summary was that uh, this TV was taken and a bunch of papers dealing with where the water was coming from, payments about where this water supply switch, timing about the water supply switch over, just papers that were specifically relevant to Flint's water supply source and a TV without its power cord were the only things that were taken. <sighs> well, Flint Watergate. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting... It's getting ridiculous. And, you know, the fact that Michigan's governor, Rick Snyder, was in front of Congress, I think it was last week, 
trying to answer some questions about well he wasn't Kuno. really trying to answer the questions wow. he was trying to avoid providing any information to to any part of the government and certainly to any of the populace there i mean it wasn't it, you you need to go to the yeah well in this case you need to look at the british government to find a level of moxie and chutzpah that comes close to to the level of self-obsessed infatuation. I, I really don't know quite what the psychological terms are to be able to face down everybody and go, well, no to do with me, lad. <laughs> really? Yeah. You were in charge of this shit, Sunbeam. Um, it was everything to do with you. No, don't remember reading none of them papers. Hey, funny old world, didn't it, eh? Yeah, no. and, well, and I don't even see the papers. Like, if you can't show me the papers, and there's no papers, so clearly, no papers. I didn't know anything. <laughs> um, huh. So Rick Snyder put put out a press release on Monday, putting forth his long term plans on how to fix Flint. Um, did it involve his resigning? No. It did not, but it did include replacing drinking water fixtures, uh, some lead service lines, Uh um, and then it goes into these, you know, nice amorphous items like uh, boosting health and educational resources and developing a new home mortgage option for the city. It's kind of just nebulous and feel-good things, but they don't get to the heart of the problem, which is clean drinking water. Yeah, it's almost like this guy works for Nestle or should do. He's that level of low that eh, drinking water is not a human right. We should be able to charge him whatever for it, whether it's potable or not. I mean, not that I'd want to drink it, and we get all our water from a private source that's trucked in. But yeah, the, the rest of the people, well, fuck them. Seriously, dude, resign. Get a proper job. Something you're qualified for. Something where you get to serve fries, my friend. Something where you get to serve fries. So one of the other issues is basically the reimbursement for the remediation and mitigation efforts that the county that Flint is in, uh, Genesee County, they want the state of Michigan to reimburse them. At this point, they're... uh, at about 1.1 million that's what they've spent so far in response to the crisis and the the county board chairman said look we need this money back as soon as possible or we're gonna have to start laying off workers and these are the workers that are currently trying to replace the lead lines to either copper or PVC so that these people can get clean drinking water. It's this horrible May I make cycle. a statement at this point? Uh, I can you know only... what's coming. You know what's coming, don't you? Uh-huh, I think I might. First, First world, world country. country. Yeah. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Mighty dollar. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah. Uh <laughs> All right, on to lighter things. Trump news. Nope, fuck no. <laughs> we are not covering El Duche unless we absolutely have to. I don't uh, think we have to. <laughs> I saw a headline today that uh, this asshat has spent the least amount of money for a front runner in recent times. And uh, yeah, I just refuse to give him any more free coverage. So let's move along. Fuck El Duche. Yeah. 
Dem voters. One of the things that we've recently seen is very large turnouts for the primary rallies that have been going on. I am going to just pull a couple of numbers from Bernie Sanders rallies. There was one that was in March or on March 15th in Phoenix, Arizona, that pulled 7,000 people. Uh, there was another one on March 18th at the Tucson Convention Center, also in Arizona, that pulled 5,000 people. Um, and it's worth noting that most of these conventions are oversubscribed, and there are a lot of people who actually can't get into the convention, so they may miss out on the rally. And so these numbers may be below the actual number of people who tried to turn up. I'm sure if you've been paying any attention to the news, you'll also see in the, the large rally that he held over the weekend up in Seattle where there was 10,000 people inside, uh, another 5,000 people standing around outside, and estimates of about 2,000 people that showed up were outside and left before the event even began. Um, and, and it's not just Bernie Sanders rallies. There's huge turnouts for, I'm sorry, huge turnouts for <laughs> Donald Trump rallies as well. But The same I, term applies to both. Yeah, I, I think this primary season has people um, engaged, engaged in a way that they haven't been in a long time. And, um, and invested in the process. Right. And, you know, Rob and I are recording after the Arizona primary elections have occurred. And... <laughs> <sighs> How exactly to address this? One of the things that I have continually found staggering over here is the way that the electoral system is run is frankly beyond belief. It is so primitive in its organization. There is so much that goes on to try and ensure the integrity of the ballot. And there's a lot of hoo-ha made about that and that everybody that votes should have voter ID and you know it's it's one person one vote and why shouldn't we make sure that the right people are voting and that uh, and that could be fine could be fine but it requires that this process be enabled to allow those people to vote as has been covered elsewhere for example john oliver covered quite comprehensively the fact that photo id was required but the place that you could acquire a photo id if you didn't have a driver's license was only open on, I think, the fourth or fifth Wednesday in the month, which reduced it to three occasions during the year, and only then for a couple of hours. Mm. This sort of... um, I mean, this, to me, is the the electoral fraud that's going on in the system. It's not people turning up and trying to vote twice at the ballot or have somebody else's vote. It is the systematic disenfranchisement of large portions of the electorate. You have some further details on that. Yeah, I I just, real quick, if you guys haven't followed along and you know what we're talking about, the primary voting in Arizona was, to put it bluntly, a shit show. People were... You're being too kind. (laughs) People were waiting in lines upwards of five hours in the Arizona sun 
waiting to vote in the largest county in the state, which is Maricopa County, which might sound familiar because it's got that crazy sheriff dude who likes to put people in sweat huts until they die. They typically, they typically hold about 200 polling stations in the county. This time around, there was only 60. (laughs) So, Yeah, when you look at the ratio of the number of people that are in Maricopa County, which includes Phoenix, that puts the ratio of one polling site for every 21,000 voters. Now, most counties in the state of Arizona had a ratio of one polling place for every 2,500 voters. So it really makes you ask, um, again... To put it bluntly, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I, to express that in English, who's defrauding who? Oh, yeah, yeah. you and your eloquence. Um, <laughs> well, you need an anger translator. <laughs> Normally it's me. This time, I'm doing a few. I'm your Luther. You're my Luther. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I saw videos of people talking, you know, lifelong Democrats who show up at a polling place only to find out that their party affiliation is suddenly independent or Republican or libertarian. And when you're in a state that has a closed primary system, that means if you are not registered for that party, you cannot vote for its candidates. So when you're a lifelong Democrat and you go to vote for Hillary, and you get there, and your choices are Ted Cruz, Donald Trump, or John Kasich, that's not really what you're there for. There's no NA box that you rather than go vote for your person. What they give you is a provisional ballot, which means, oh, our, our computers aren't working, uh, Fill this out, and if there's a if it becomes a contested election, and if we check your name and it is our error, then maybe we'll count your paper ballot that you're filling out now. That's what a provisional ballot is. It basically means your vote may or may not count, depending on which way they need it to swing. Yeah, yeah. The woman responsible for this, whose name I'm desperately trying to either forget or find it amounts to the same thing i don't know what it is right now it's uh, uh she's maricopa maricopa county recorder helen purcell thank you she's the person that was responsible for reducing the number of polling locations and in an interview with fox news when asked you know <laughs> hey basically what happened um rather than be like oh yeah you know that that was that was our fault. You know, we underestimated the num- amount of interest that this election w- would have. Her exact quote was, at, when asked, who do you blame for this? She said, well, the voters for getting in line. <laughs> and that's the part that completely underscores the abdication of responsibility. Mm-hmm. That this was set up to fail by people who do not want the democracy go in the way that they see it going. And they want anything else to happen. Yeah. And she's talking out of both sides of her mouth because, again, the next question 
was, when you look back on this, is this going to be a failure of your office? Her response, I don't think so. When you get people out to vote, is that a failure? No, I don't think so. (laughs) You didn't get anybody out to vote. You made it near impossible for people to vote. People who want to vote, who have a right to vote. I've seen so much coverage of from other places going, oh, Americans, they they've got this giant primary season going on and they can't be bothered to have more than 20, 30, 40 percent of the eligible voters come out and vote. And then you try and go out and do it and you can't. You're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. And it just seems like a system that inherently just wants to keep the status quo do nothing mm-hmm. to upset it, like let people have their constitutional right to upset it if they want to and get representation. That's why gerrymandering has been so important to some of the incumbents is to try and break up voter blocks so that people who would expect to have their views represented find that what would be viewed as a particular demographic is suddenly part of three different areas and so is quite easily dissipated and set off against a larger block for the other side. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that only one party does it. But it's predominantly one party that does it. <laughs> prizes? No prizes. I, when you have a district that would make Mandelbrot look and scratch his head and go, I don't know what the fuck that is. You need to start asking some questions. When it doesn't represent a simple geographic area, but has to stretch miles out of its way and have the most convoluted map structure for it, this is where voter fraud is happening. This is where the will of the people is being undermined by those who are in power and want to keep it that way. Yeah, it's very frustrating as somebody, again, who has seen apathetic elections. I I mean... If you paid attention in 2004, when you've had the charismatic and brash John Kerry running against the charismatic and brash George W. Bush, it could not have been more dull. I forgot that Clinton ran against Bob Dole in the mid-90s. Like, it's just, there have been some terribly dull elections And when you have a season like we're going through right now where people are engaged and interested and paying attention and their reward for wanting to participate is getting the shaft by the system that's supposed to facilitate their participation, it's I'm frustrated and flabbergasted and just so pissed off. And it's not isolated to this election either. The um as you said, I mean, there's been boring elections before, but there was the, the Gore-Bush election that was settled through Florida and the Supreme Court, where there was systematic voter disenfranchisement there as well, where on the way to polling stations, voters, can we guess their demographic, would be pulled over and detained for a certain amount of time and then released, at which point those that had jobs had to try and get back to them before they lost their employment or were penalized for missing work or were detained at somebody else's pleasure. There was an African newspaper that ran an article that basically was along the lines of if there was a presidential candidate whose brother 
ran a district to the south, and that district came out narrowly in favor for the brother, the U.S. would be all over this screaming about the political and the democratic process. Fratricide and nepotism yeah. and all that. And that was the way it seemed to to those of us who pay attention. <laughs> I just realized what I said. <laughs> yeah, I did too. <laughs> uh, 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 maybe it'll, maybe right, it'll be infanticide when, when their mother gets the both of them around the dinner table. <laughs> just knocks their heads uh-huh. together. Blonk. <laughs> All right. Well, since we're talking about killing former presidents, I think I think we're done. <laughs> we weren't advocating for it. I didn't say that. <laughs> what, what? I'm just saying maybe Barbara Easter could be interesting. What, what she does in the privacy of her own home in Texas, I'm sure, falls under the Second Amendment. <laughs> and all of this section is getting cut. Moving on. Your shit. This week on Pimp Your Shit, we are joined by one half of the Doms in the new World Domination podcast. Which Dom is Dom? Or does it matter? That would be me. I'm Dom DiCecco. I'm the American Dom, the older Dom, and the less inhibited Dom. (laughs) We like to call you the more experienced Dom. The top dom. <laughs> <laughs> we like to alternate. <laughs> so you switch which dom is dom? Exactly. There's a top, there's a bottom, and there's an in between. And that's Sorry. where everybody else comes in. Exactly. <laughs> you haven't lived till you've been part of a dom sandwich. <laughs> uh, speaking of a dom sandwich, who is your other dom that is involved in your podcast? The other Dom is the uh, brash young Brit, Dom Ward. Are there enough <laughs> brash young Brits on? Well, I guess I fell on the young side. <laughs> That's why we didn't have Dom Ward on. We Excellent. Kept, yes. we, you, you get to still be the, the only Brit, the only Brit on our podcast. Yay me. <laughs> yes. Away win. Yes. Well, so, I benefit from being in your time zone. <laughs> <laughs> Not many people normally say that. <laughs> What's the uh, the general outline for what the World Domination Podcast will be covering there? Well, we met online and we decided that we had a lot of things in common, but there were also a lot of distinct differences that made our back and forth something that might entertain other people. Um, specifically Dom's 20 years old. He's a university student in London. Um, he's just figuring out the world as a, you know, testosterone filled young male. And then there's me who's been kind of beaten down by life. And, uh, yet I try and maintain some sort of semblance of, uh, humanity by, uh, just mocking the world. Uh, Sounds like a very inspirational a- podcast here. <laughs> It sounds like our offline conversations. Joel Osteen, look out. (laughs) So so, uh, we decided that 
if you really want to boil it down, it's like if you're overhearing two guys chatting in a pub. And Robert, you'll appreciate this. I'm talking about pubs in England, not like the bars, Diana, that we have in the United States, <laughs> you know, which usually are very segmented and very specific, uh, you know, and if you don't fit a certain criteria, then you don't really fit in. So, uh, so n not just constantly doing Jaeger bombs. Well, I'm not going to speak for Dom on that count because he is 20. Uh, but I, I haven't done a Jaeger bomb in 25 years. Okay. So I, 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 I prefer Maker's Mark on the rocks. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we, we were inspired by, besides yourselves, uh, several other of our friends who, uh, you know, have uh, mutual interests. Uh, and what we really felt was, was missing was, again, like, two guys that you could just laugh at and say, those guys, you know, they're, they, they said something stupid again. Did you hear what the hell they said? Um, we made it a point, our number one mantra, and you'll hear Dom repeat this a couple times during our Maiden podcast, um, that we don't focus on politics because too many other podcasts are already doing that really well. So we decided we were going to talk about some of the other stuff our mutual love of sports. He tells me about cricket because, you know, to me, cricket is lighters and those things that make noise at night when you go down the shore. Mm -hmm. Cricket um, is fantastic. It is yeah. it is a phenomenal sport. That's and you I, can even watch it over here if you subscribe to Willow TV, which I do. Okay, yeah. It's not something that I ever learned as an American boy. Um but uh, sports where you actually wear actual sweaters aside from hockey sweaters, mm -hmm. not, not an American thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, but the love of large numbers that constantly add up with the space for throwing in thousands of commercials. Uh, this <laughs> shit is made for American TV. <laughs> no, wait. What is our attention span? Can we watch a match of any sort that goes on for days? Uh, no. Yes. Uh, listen, yeah. you, you have this whole primary process that lasts for months and is getting desperately dull because they start to winnow out the third. It's like watching Survivor. Actually, that would be preferable. Put these fuckers naked on an island and let them fight it out. But anyway, getting back to our podcast, since I'm, I'm the pimp here, right? Um, <laughs> you are doing the pimping. Yes, Sorry. Yes. We, uh, that, I jacked you. No, no problem. No, that's quite all right. We... Um, we, we, we like to share the things that we love. So, for instance, I'm going to talk a lot about food because if you know me, you know I like to eat, and so I like to cook. And so I'm going to tell you about the different things I like to cook or the places I like to eat. Dom's going to talk mainly about the things he likes to eat and the things he likes to drink and maybe the floors he's woken up on. Are you going to have a recipe each week? Ooh. A signature oh. dish. This, yeah. this week's podcast should be accompanied by the following. We recommend pairing it with a nice 1982 Dom Perignon. Well, <laughs> uh, available at a modestly priced $120 from most retail outlets. Yeah. To give you an exclusive snippet that even TMZ hasn't gotten yet, Ooh. I made chicken sausage gumbo and I, I gave out that recipe on our first podcast. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I'm in. 
I'm yeah, hooked. And, and 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 you drink and you you pair it with a nice Yingling lager. Yes. There's no such thing. Yes, there is. No, there that, is a, nice that is a man well, from Pennsylvania, and I yeah. love it. The world's oldest brewery, baby. <laughs> it tastes like it. Have yeah. you not had something like a? Yeah, I, I was just thinking you know. the kind of recipes you get from Dom Ward would be beans on toast. <laughs> yeah, but I'm hoping to educate him. That's going to be another element of our podcast. You know, uh, I'm going to be the wise sage, <laughs> and he's going to be the young oregano. He'll he'll be the young he'll, he'll be the young grasshopper. And it's going to be a good time. <laughs> oh, it'll be a great time. I made a pun. She made a pun. <laughs> But don't you have to admonish yourself now? Oh, it's been eight months of so trying. Uh, now I, I am really honored. I, got, <laughs> I was present for your for your virgin pun. Yeah, I feel really bad about myself now. I think I might have to go. Are you gonna go and have to punish yourself again? Go cry quietly in the corner. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, um, now that we've destroyed your self respect. Yeah. yeah. I think I think what we're gonna have to do is. Um, you know, a month or two, we'll have to figure out how to get Dom Ward on here, and we'll see how well his education is going. Well, I will tell you, Dom does get the uh, benefit of being able to travel to the U.S. a couple times a year. And so mm -hmm. he will be in our time zone at various times during the year. So you should have the opportunity, provided he's sober, to get him on. To He may know, be more interesting drunk. Talk him in. Fair point. <laughs> I, I I offered to be a designated driver if he wanted to, because uh, he he's uh, made it a point of wanting to propose to just about every woman up and down the coast. Mm -hmm. that, that that's true. So you're, are you also going to be do uh, donating the couch for the night as well? I, very likely. What I really like about Dom too is, and I I don't want to forget to say that he's got a lot of interesting uh, talents the guy is an excellent photographer he has a page if you ever you know deem to look at it I'm sure he would share with you um, he's very knowledgeable on aviation and he actually does a short segment in our podcast about aviation again our podcast isn't going to have regular segments at least as we see it right now we're gonna you know kind of have broad elements and then kind of We'll always have food, and we'll always have sports, and we'll always have not politics. Other than that, <laughs> we're pretty freeform. Uh, we may even do some uh, some light improv. I don't know. That's on the table. Uh, we'll see where it goes. All right. Well, Dom, thanks for taking some time out of your evening to pimp your shit with us here on Radio. Oh. oh, where can people pleasure their ears to listen to some world domination in the near future? Okay, well, our uh, release date is yet to be determined, but uh, you can find us on SoundCloud at World Domination, the podcast. Uh, our email, if you want to find out updates about what we're doing, is worlddompodcast at gmail.com. And we and will provide there's... those links on our website. Thank you. And then last, we do have a Facebook page, uh, over 21 strong already, uh, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> World Domination, the Dominic and Dominic podcast. So you can um, drink on that page. Oh, it's practically mandatory. <laughs> and if you don't be, if you don't before you visit it, you will definitely want to drink after you visit it. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Dom. Well, thank you for joining us. We wish you guys good luck. We can't wait to catch up with you and figure out how things are going. Thank you, guys, and I'll give you more feedback when this is done. Awesome. Audio Cryptic Word Search. It's time to tap into row 11 of the word search. All these new letters will put a spring in your step. <sighs> Another one. One pun and it's like a gateway drug. <laughs> Indeed, and congratulations. Uh, row 11. O. Orbital. I. Iridescent. P. Pastel. O. Origami. Y. Yule Brenner. L. Lollipop. <laughs> B. Bernie. E. Eggplant. What is that? What do you mean? What's oh, uh, aubergine? Oh, aubergine. Why didn't you say so? <laughs> that starts with A, I guess. Okay. Uh, X. Xylophone. D. Delicatessen. <laughs> delicatessen you mean delicatessen whatever I'm hungry go away <laughs> B Bourneville E Easter K Kite O Ova G Grass and the word search word this week is Tom T-O-M as in Tom the turkey, which is still illegal in all but four states. What? You wouldn't understand. It's an American thing. Oh, okay. Well, it has been another fabulous week, and we are so excited yet again to see all the new places that have been popping up, and clearly some of you have been completely binging on us, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Is that medically advisable? Absolutely not, but <laughs> it is more effective than not drinking. <laughs> You're not making much sense. Just binge the back catalog and you'll understand. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, thank you, as Diana says, for joining us. If you or someone you know has something that you would like to pimp your shit over, then please let us know. The website is www.radio-podcast.net. And all of our contact information is there, as well as links to all of our pimp past Pimp Your Shit guests, their contact information, other places that we have been featured, which includes the March episode of the Politicast with our friends Matt and Abra. So you can find links to all of those things on our website. We tried to be sensible on that one. <laughs> it wasn't our show so we kept the cursing we to had the minimum. to we had to behave <laughs> it was very important <laughs> um 
we've also uh, created a Facebook page as opposed to just our Facebook group. Um, that way we can send you things actually from Radio Podcast, not just uh, from us on the group page. So if you would be so kind as to pop over there, give us a like, you will get to see all of the things that we're posting. Um, and join in the conversation there. Yeah, please. Please. Um, we love hearing from you guys. Um, positive and negative. We can't get better if we don't hear from you. And um, yeah. Oh, Twitter. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's spring. That means Twitter. <laughs> you hear the birds twittering and uh, I will try and be better at twittering back at you as well. Uh, you can friend us over there at underscore radio podcast that's r-a-d-i-o podcast because it won't accept the ampersand yeah jerks lucky yes <laughs> <laughs> anyway all of that said thank you so much for being part of this week's well this fortnight's episode because the main podcast comes out every fortnight <laughs> <laughs> and half our listeners go what fortnight. no uh, i give our listeners more credit than that rob we know what a fortnight is, right? Then apparently I know some of the wrong people because not everybody I know has any idea. Everyone, a fortnight is a two-week period. Now you've all learned something in addition to listening to us jabber on for half an hour. <laughs> if only it's only half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you lucky people, I am going to wrap this thing up for us here. I will have been Robert the Chocolate Bunny. And Wait. What? <laughs> I'm Diana, the spring chick. Mr. Secord, will you please play us out? Where are my ears? My ears are missing. They were delicious. <laughs>